Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. Well, good morning and welcome to everyone joining us by way of the online streaming. As you know, our services are also on the radio at 8 in the morning and we hope that you can get the message out that people who can't stream can also get onto the radio or download the radio app onto their phone so they can listen to these messages. And in so doing, we retain a sense of direction together as a community. I am liaising extensively with the leaders and the elders and the champions, and we believe that God has a way for us to go forward. So welcome. Great to have you. There's been a real buzz around the church at the moment with the feeding scheme going on. If you walk in there, it's just a hive of activity. There's laughter and chitting and chatting and just people uh, enjoying themselves as about 200 people are being fed, homeless people, and then a number of families in the church that have also been uh, supported over this time. Well, thank you for all that you're doing behind the scenes to all the volunteers and to the leaders, to the connect groups. It's just been an awesome time. Let me pray for you before we go into the message this morning. Lord Jesus, we acknowledge again that you are the head of the church. And you said that you would build your church and the gates of hell could not prevail. And then you gave us authority, Lord Jesus, that you said whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we bind in heaven will be bound on earth. And you said where any two or three gather in your name, whatever they ask will be given them by our Father. And Lord Jesus, you said this because you would be in our midst. We thank you for this incredible truth we're rediscovering during this time of lockdown that we are never deserted. We are never alone. We are in the majority because you said wherever two or three are gathered, I'm there in the midst. We know you live in us all the time, Lord, but there is a sense in which you promised that your kingdom would come powerfully when the ecclesia, the called out ones, come together. So give us understanding in these things as you lead us on today. Amen. So I just want to uh, reiterate again that it's Jesus who's building his church. He can build it in all seasons, all times of uh, persecution and hardship and difficulty. And this corona is no different to any other challenge the church has had to face. Jesus is still building. And the assurance that he gives to us is that when we come together in an ecclesia, his kingdom is there and his presence is with us. I've been talking the last few weeks about we meet at church on a Sunday and we are big gathering. We come to worship. We come to acknowledge the Lord in our presence through the word and through proclamation. And all during this time, we are a big group gathered. But that same dynamic is experienced. The Bible teaches us when two and three are gathered as well. So what an incredible opportunity to be practicing this in this lockdown time. 
If we are a single person, we can hook up with a few others by way of WhatsApp or messaging or the phone. And in so doing, we don't have to be left out of this. But Jesus said, this is how I'm going to build my church. When two and three of you come together. The conventus was the Roman expression of the empire. Whenever two or three came together, they reinforced the emperor's government and the empire's presence, the culture and the power. And Jesus, when he used that term, he was making use of a familiar expression to his disciples and followers. And in so doing, he chose a method that wasn't unknown to them, but would ensure success as it went into the Roman Empire. If you'd chosen the model of the temple or the tabernacle, it would have been too cumbersome. So in what he did, he made it easy for the transmission of the church's authority to establish the government of heaven on earth. You see, God loved the world long before he loved the church. The church was given as his gift to the world that he loved. His most precious gift that he could give. It's Jesus in the earth today, in his body, the Ecclesia. So you've heard me talk about some of these things. And we, we've looked at scriptures in Acts 2.42, how after that first revival meeting, when Peter was preaching on the day of Pentecost and the fire of heaven came down and they were filled and spoke in other tongues. It says that those who were saved, who called out to the Lord, they gathered together and, and they began to meet in each other's homes and in the temple. So they met in each other's homes and in their own homes to break bread, to pray, to fellowship, and to hear the apostolic doctrine preached to them. Very similar how God, 2,000 years later, we still have the apostolic writings that we can proclaim and preach. That in itself, my friend, is a miracle that has stood the test of time. Now, if these early believers who mostly illiterate, mostly unfamiliar with so much that we've been given in our generation, if they could, in a simple childlike way, come together and took the bread, took the wine, then that's transferable to our generation. You don't have to be a priest qualified to give communion. You can sit with your family or, and friends in the future and take the bread, take the cup. You are qualified because Jesus has qualified you. And they used to pray together. That's what we're talking about now. We have an opportunity in our homes to form an ecclesia, to come together and say, let's pray together, moms, dads, children, uh, whoever's in the household, let's form this ecclesia where we are establishing God's kingdom in our home, which becomes the building block to build our community, our nation, and the ends of the earth. That, my friend, is the only way that we can disciple nations. Of course, we come together in a temple, in a big uh, uh, congregation, uh, worship time for uh, testimony and and corporate celebration. But the basic building block is the ecclesia in your home, in my home. Now, we talk all about this and, and 
I know for some people this is easy. They they kind of wake up in the morning and they step out of bed and float a couple of inches above the ground. They go to their halo cupboard and they select their halo for the day and they place it over their heads. And then all the children come into the bedroom and curtsy before them and say, Yes, my master. Yes, my ma'am. What can we do for you today? Now, I know some of you got families like that. But welcome to my world. I woke up and my coffee was cold. And I face a different situation. You know, it's more like, where's the sugar? And that's not Janet shouting at me, okay? But you, you understand. If you've been locked down for more than a week, and currently it's over four weeks, you know that you have your moments where you don't deal with stress very well. Now, I'm sorry to disappoint you. I know you're expecting more of me this morning. And you were expecting me to say just how I'm in seventh heaven and floating. And, and you're probably right for a fraction of the day. But the other part of the day, it's, it's the real nitty gritty dealing with challenges. So, you, so while I'm preaching on forming the ecclesia, we have to take that territory back. And the enemy, my friend, is not letting go easy. He's not a fair fighter. He's got his own strategy that he's employing to keep us from doing the work of the church. And I want to just maybe share a couple of situations with you and maybe you see yourself in them and maybe this is going to help you because we haven't arrived yet. But at least we've left and we're on a journey somewhere. Amen. So I encourage you again. The kingdom of God is in your home. Stand firm. Recognize that you have an adversary. And it's the devil's strategy to bring disunity. It's the devil's He's just like kind of going about his normal nature. It's what he does. He brings division. He wants to bring malice and spite and revenge between people and communities. And he starts in the family, in the marriage. Don't think it a strange thing, Peter says, when you go through these trials. Know that your brothers all over the world are going through similar trials. And you don't have to pretend. You can genuinely come before God and say, Lord, help me. I'm not doing so well right now. It's like the, the, the man who came to the pastor after church on Sunday. And he said, hey, pastor, my wife has been very difficult. It's so bad now, she won't even come to church. The pastor said, don't worry about it. I'll sort this out. And the next week, the pastor was at the door, knock, knock, knock. And he had himself dressed in a red outfit with a pointy tail, with horns and a devil's fork in his hand. And as he knocked and the woman, the wife came and opened the door, she looked at him and she said, oh, please come inside. I've been living with your brother for years. Now, now, you might find that quite funny. I think it is quite funny. But the point of it is that behind closed doors, sometimes we feel disqualified because we don't live this perfect life that everybody may think. I mean, I know Janet and I have had some of our worst arguments on the way to church. Now, come on. Now, you shouldn't have told us that, Steve. I don't know if we're coming on Sunday. No, no, no. Just bear with me. Just bear with me. 
I've had it where she's shouted in the car and said, stop, I'm getting out. You're going to church on your own. Can you believe that? Here I'm coming to preach. And my wife is so furious about some thing, silly thing, obviously, because she got cross with me. But, you know, you're about to get a church and the dog is out the gate. Now you've got to stop and get the dog back inside. But as you do that, a car comes down the road and hoots at you. And then you get back in the car and one of your children says, I need the toilet. Long story short, you eventually get to church. You're tired. You're sweating. You're annoyed. You nearly let your wife get out the car. And as you walk in the front door, the guy greeting says, Sorry, sir, you're five minutes late. How do you feel? Well, you probably feel like you should. Pretty annoyed. And that's the devil's strategy. Whether you're coming to a corporate meeting at the church or whether you just want to get praying in your own house, it's the same strategy that the enemy employs to make you feel unworthy, to make you feel like you're disqualified, to make you feel like you're not spiritual like everybody else. And these are some of the lies. And I want to talk about these for just a moment. I want to uh, share some practical things around this. And I wrote down five. I'm sure there's more, but this I wrote these down. Number one, I've tried and it didn't work. So now I'm just going to give up. Come on, Steve. It's you know, all this talk about Ecclesia and church in the home and, you know, getting together and, and, and you know, possessing the land. I, I don't know. It's just it's not working for me. Number two, I feel disqualified because I haven't read the Bible enough. I don't pray as eloquently as other people. You know, I, I'm just not that kind of person. And, or, or thirdly, there are things in my life that I'm not proud about. There's this person that irritated me at work and I said some bad things to them. And now you expect me to gather around my dining room table and hold my hands of my family and act like I'm Mr. Super Spiritual. You see, this lockdown is exposing a lot of things in our hearts and it can make us better or bitter. This is a great time. I'm not saying just to bury things under the carpet and pretend that didn't happen and just a little pep talk will do. No, no, maybe there's some stuff I've got to get to grips with. Maybe I've got to pick up the phone or send that message to that guy I was working with and ask his forgiveness. Tell him I'm sorry or accept his forgiveness. Just don't phone him and tell him you've forgiven him. That's the worst thing you can do. Rather phone and say, listen, I really messed up. Life's too short with all this happening Hey, can I say I'm sorry? Or whatever else you've got to deal with at a personal level that is an issue. But but here's, okay, let me finish these ones. Number four, uh, what if I just don't feel like it? What if I just don't feel like it? Well, I guess that's another argument we could have. And then the, the fifth one I wrote is, I feel like it's a big put on. And, and my family just, you know, they just think I'm funny trying to do this. It's out of place. It, it feels like I'm putting a suit on and it doesn't fit correctly. So I, I just feel like it's, it's not really me. Now, now you could add to, to these reasons why we might feel disqualified, why we might feel like we, we, we can't start practicing Ecclesia in our home as the church. 
But the first thing I want to address on this, like I said, it's not a pep talk, you know, don't worry. No, no, let's face it. I want to, for example, for instance, I was in the Philippines and there was a ministry call by the pastor who was preaching at, at the meeting. And I thought, you know, this is a good opportunity. In my church, you know, where I pastor, I don't often go up to the front in response to my own altar calls for ministry. So I thought, here's a good opportunity. I'm going to go up. No one in the church knows me. You know, it's not going to be thinking, why is he going up? What has he done? I, I, I know what you're thinking. I know that's why some of you don't come up. Yeah, <laughs> I can hear that. Amen. Yeah, a call goes for husbands to take off uh, a critical spirit or something. And no, if I go up, people know. Anyway, nobody knew me. Nobody knew me. So I went up. And when he came to pray for me, he, he said to me, okay, well, what is the situation? So I said, well, you know, I just, I'm at a stage where I can't even face getting up in the morning. I'm so tired. I just feel completely wasted before the day even starts. I'm just exhausted. And he looked at me and said, wait, 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 wait. You, you, you're talking, your talking is all wrong. And suddenly the lights came on. It was like, hey, hey, hang on. I remember preaching this. He took my sermon. It's not about a sermon. You know what it's about? Changing the way I was speaking about it. And it clicked. And the lights came on. And all these five things I've just listed here. Yes, they might need some adjustment. Because I tried and it didn't work. Well, my friend... How about changing the way you talk about that and say, I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me. That's a complete new way of talking. It's not denying the truth. It's just standing on a superior truth because a lie only has authority over you when you believe it. That's how the enemy operates. That's why their teaching went around, laugh at your lies and confess the truths because that is the devil's strategy. So, what about I'm not qualified enough? Well, the Bible says I've been blessed in the heavenly places with every spiritual blessing. That's a different way of talking. So, I'm not going to go through all these. I'm going to just sum it up and say, maybe we should pay attention to what's coming out of my mouth. Because if I say I can't, then I'm going to start acting like I can't. And then I'm going to believe I can never. But if I start changing the way I talk and say, hang on. He has qualified me. My friend, never underestimate what a baptism of the Holy Spirit can do in your life. Never underestimate what a renewal of his presence can do in breaking you free and, and changing the way that we speak about things. And we all make this mistake. We all fall into this trap. And I'm just wanting to come and say these lies need to be exposed and they need to be replaced with truth. Okay, so that's maybe just by way of practically facing up to things we tell ourselves. The second, another mistake, another mistake we can make uh, is that we impose the time that suits me on the whole family. Okay, so what I mean by that, give you an example from my life. I've done my reading, I've done my preparation. I've got a bit of free time now before my next Zoom meeting. 
Janet, Janet, we need to get together and start praying. praying. And Janet says, oh, sorry, I can't do it right now. You what? Rebellion. Jezebel's in the house. No, no, never do that. No, just kidding. Just kidding. I, I'm allowed to think that. I can't say that. I mean, you, you know what had happened to me. But here's, here's the thing. What about asking her? What about asking your spouse? What is a time that would suit us as a family? And what time would suit you to actually share something with us and pray? So that's just a practical thing that, that I'm learning and maybe will help you. The other misconception is that, you know, if church is an hour and a half, let's have an hour. So we're going to have Ecclesia around the dinner room table, me and my wife, me and my wife and my grandmother, uh, whatever the case is, we're going to get together and spend an hour. You don't have to spend an hour. We told you that. We said you had to spend an hour. What about starting with three or five minutes? Saying all we're going to do is pray for our family, our future, our friends and our community, our church. That's all we're going to do today. Next week, someone else bring, can read a scripture. Starting small and building. Another misconception. Now, I know this is going to offend some people, okay? So get ready to have a holy cow shot. I can hear in the background. I can, I can hear it. I can already hear it. I can already hear the religious cow being shot. Here it comes. It doesn't have to always be the man leading. Oh, someone just threw something at me. This is the great thing about preaching to a camera. I don't get those looks. I know I'll get the email. Okay, so let me... Let me expand on that a bit. Let me qualify. God has given different gifts to different people. And many women have been given the gift of teaching and the gift of exhortation and the gift of, of exegeting scripture. So wouldn't they be the best person to use their gift in that particular situation? And anyway, the Bible says that the husband loves the wife. So he'd want her to bring her gifts forward. And if her gift is leadership, I'm not talking about leading the home in terms of being bombastic and overbearing. I'm talking about a spirit of humility where husband and wife submit to each other and the husband recognizes a gift in his wife and the wife recognizes a gift and her gift is leadership. So he says, hey, sweetie, why don't you call the family together and share a word with us? You're really good at that. Now, by saying this, I'm not saying the man should hide behind his incompetence. I'm saying, men, come on, rise up and be a man in a God-given sense. But being a man means you're going to let your wife excel in her gifts. So who says she can't lead in this situation, in, the, in this ecclesia time? We have certain beliefs about headship in the local church, and it goes without apology that, that we don't have a, a doctrine that includes a headship of women, but that in no ways undermines the role 
And who knows? We're all growing and, and seeing things. And in 10 years' time, I might look back on the statement and have changed my mind. So don't send that email just yet. Just get my point. Husband, take that burden off you. Wife, take that burden off you. As I said earlier, we have to change the way we speak. We have to make sure that our family is ready for this time. And I want to speak to some people now who maybe in your family, they're not ready for this. I mean, they just, they're not ready. The husband uh, doesn't even go to church and, and the kids are just angry with God. And the more you're going to try and press us and say, hang on, this is what we've got to do now. This is what the church is doing. And we've got to be ecclesia, form around the table, else we're going to have no spiritual authority to bind and loose and see Jesus agreeing with us on earth as it is in heaven. No, maybe this is not the time for that. Maybe the best thing you can do is just love them, pray for them. But you yourself can still be connected in a two and three ecclesia or four and five. I mean, I am so delighted in seeing the WhatsApp groups and the life groups, the conversations taking place. But I'm not just talking about, you know, sharing jokes and the latest poem of the month. I'm talking about when you get a couple of people together who are like-minded to say, we're going to pray and stand together because the word of God says, wherever two or three of you gather, I'm in the midst, you're forming an ecclesia, and you carry the government of heaven to change the culture around you by seeing heaven invade earth. Find a group of people, even if they are people in your life group, or people not in your life group, and have that commitment to establishing the kingdom. And don't continually nag and harass. If the fruit is not ready in your family, don't feel under condemnation because you can't get them to do what you want to do. I want to just almost finish with what I started. That Jesus is building his church. The church is his gift to the world that the Father so loved that he gave his Son. God's love is what gave birth to the to the church. And through the church, he's making the manifold wisdom known to principalities and powers. That's a, a scriptural, those are big words for just saying, God is going to do on this earth what he wanted to do in the beginning. And he's going to do that through the church and the proclamation of the kingdom is here. And over the next few weeks, we hope to continue growing and our understanding around these things of the kingdom. But I wanted to pause today and just say to those of you who are feeling disqualified or it's not working well, or you just don't feel like it, come on, you can change the way you speak. For such a time as this, God put you on this earth. It's no accident that you are here. If he wanted you in the 17th century, you would have been there. You are here now. And my friend, there's a baptism of power that is equal to the gates of Hades that are trying to block people's freedom. So I want you to agree with me right now. If you're on your own sitting at home or whether you're a family that are around the TV or your tablet, I want to stand in agreement with you today and say, Jesus 
is building his church and he has given you the keys of the kingdom that where two or three are gathered, he says, whatever you ask of my father, it will be done for you. And you have authority, not just in the natural realm, like the Roman citizen had, but in the spiritual, the unseen realm, where your words carry authority and power. So do not settle for less. Do not speak down about yourself and say, I can't do this and I can't do that. Begin to change your words to fit in alignment with the word of God. And my friend, heaven is waiting for a partnership. Heaven is waiting for our partnership. And I declare over your family right now, righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Be filled, be saturated, be baptized afresh today in the power of the Holy Spirit. God bless you and have a fantastic week until we meet again.